0: I'm reading from the first book of the Bible and we're going to make our way through the entirety until we get to the maps. We might talk about them too. Genesis chapter 24. I came to Friday morning chapel a couple days ago Brother Adrian Jimenez got up to speak, and oh my, what a powerful, life-changing word that he spoke to the academy and the parents and those of us who came in, and he could have preached that anywhere, at any time, any season, to any people, and it would have been just as relevant then as at any other time it was amazing and I am still chewing on the things that brother Jimenez preached in this chap in this room and chapel um it just provoked my thought I went to study um about the desert and and I'm so grateful for the word that he preached there, there are powerful men and women of God speaking great words I don't know what you're doing Friday morning but um eight a m now now at church, we call everyone a guest. you are a guest here because we want you to make this your home. But if you come to visit Life Academy, you get a sticker with a V on it, and that we don 't want to call anyone a guest at new life, a visitor, you are a guest. you are our guest. Uh, be our guest. put our service to the test. Can we sing that? <clears throat> But when you come to Life Academy, you're a visitor because they want you to leave. (laughs) You can visit on Friday morning. (laughs) Amen. Okay. Awesome word of God. Brother Menez, awesome word of God. You've spoken to my life. I'm so grateful for that. So grateful. Genesis chapter 24, and I'll begin at verse 52 And it came to pass <clears throat> when Abraham's servant, Eleazar, heard their words, he worshiped the Lord, bowing himself to the earth. And the servant, Eleazar, brought forth jewels of silver and jewels of gold and clothes. He gave them to Rebekah. Everyone else got something too. Gave to her brother, to her mother, Laban, Bethuel. And they did eat and drink. He and the men that were with him and tarried all night. They rose up in the morning. And he said, send me away unto my master. Her brother and her mother said, let the damsel abide with us a few days. At least ten. After that, she shall go. He said to them, Hinder me not, seeing the Lord hath prospered my way. Send me away that I may go to my master. And they said, We will call the damsel and inquire at her mouth. They called Rebecca, said to her, Do you want to go with this man? And she said, I'm going. Amen. Amen pause Jesus bless the people you've already blessed your word and anoint me to preach what you have delivered I'm just the mailman delivering what you want the people your people to hear so let them receive it with joy and gladness and respond in kind to the prodding of the Holy Spirit I pray break something in this room let this place become a mighty voice let the river of life burst forth in the heart and the belly of every person that hears the word and let the Holy Ghost spring out, Lord, to heal and deliver and restore and renew and reset and regenerate every everyone's spirit, Lord. Set this whole corner of this county on fire. Let there be a blaze that goes up from this corner. Let the crossroads of America hear the voice of the mighty God. We lift you up, Lord, and you said in your word, if we would lift you up, you would draw all men unto you. I pray in the Holy Ghost, let the power of the Most High reside over this place like you did in the cloud over the tabernacle of Moses, Lord. And let everybody know that there is a God in in Jerusalem, a God in Israel, a God in America, a God in Indiana, and the same God exists right here in this city. I pray it in the name of Jesus. And I come against every foul feign and every dark spirit and every hindrance, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. And let the Holy Ghost be, let the Holy Ghost be resident. Hallelujah. And all the people clap your hands and shout at God right now. Amen. And you may be seated. And I thank you for standing. Just wait. Just sit on the drums and 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 get the bass. And just I want to rumble. I want you just to rumble something for me because I'm not I'm not ready. I I think we had to have something before they had the battle. There was a shout with the with the trumpets and the people would shout and the shofars would go up and the cymbals and I just just for my sake even if it's just for me I want to hear a sound a, a loud sound of the instruments and let everything that has breath praise the Lord I just give me so I know I'm I've got that In context of Genesis 24 Thank you. There are layered meanings and life principles. If we could sit down together it would take a few hours to digest the many life lessons, the insight into our decision juxtaposed in this chapter would be outstanding. It's layered with meanings and significance. However, we should consider the days of the patriarchs and the goodness of the Lord in their lives. In the prior reading, Abraham is getting old and he knows his time is short on this earth. Isaac, his son, is also not quite motivated to get married. He Could be the first failure to launch. And Abraham seems to feel a little more urgent. For Isaac to find a wife than Isaac does. He enjoys his independence. And even looks like he. Lives in his mother's tent <laughs> from the scripture. So, Abraham sends his most revered and trusted servant, family manager, accountant, keeper, Eleazar, to seek out and search for a wife that Isaac can marry. In his quest, Eleazar comes to the right place without any deviation. He does not merely stumble upon the bride-to-be. Obviously, the Lord has ordained the moment as Eleazar meets Rebekah. In, in consistent with his own petition before God, Rebekah will serve him water from a deep well and then offer water to his camels. It was his prayer, his desire that this would happen, and it did. The timing could not have been more perfect, all of it orchestrated by the hand of the Most High God. A wife for Isaac, who was willing to serve a stranger, who would exhibit kindness with expectation of reward, and then in full stride empty her pitcher of water without hesitation or complaint, and then go back for more. Rebecca was the one. She was not the last option or part of some selection. She was the only one, and Eleazar knew it to be true. He even thanked God for answering his prayer. You led me to her. Now, it appears, for whatever reason, Rebecca is under the care of her brother, uh, her uncle, uh, Laban, rather. Uh, He is the head of the house. Uh, Eleazar is invited to stay there, and he explains his mission, his prayer, and how Rebecca is the answer to his request. God, he said, has brought this about. I'm here to find my master, a wife, and Rebecca fits the profile of my prayer. From the scripture itself, Eliezer journeyed to the one place, just to one place. He did not wander aimlessly. He came from Hebron all the way to Nahor, located in Mesopotamia. It was a one-way trip with nothing in between. He prayed one prayer, stopped one time, found Rebecca on the first try, and gave her gifts and a proposal to her to marry Isaac, the son of Abraham, and she will accept it. It happened in a moment, done, task completed. No hindrances or pondering or bewilderment. Eleazar had no obstacles or barriers to overcome. Rebecca served him just as he prayed, and she did what she was requested to do, and she readily accepted the invitation for marriage upon his first offer. It was as smooth as it could be. For all of you English majors, here is my run-on sentence. I know it is, so I want you to know that I know that you know. And there's no need to correct me after the service is over with your colon, semicolon, or comma. I know it is. It's going to bother some of you. Some of you have never heard on a run-on sentence because you've never taken a breath. How many have I offended? Just raise your hand now. Here it is. God's divine plan, working in accordance with his divine will, enacted by the obedience of a selfless servant in order to fulfill the covenant that God had made for the present and future of his divine order. I'll do it again just to bother some of you. God's divine plan, working in accordance with his divine will and acted by the obedience of a selfless servant in order to fulfill the covenant that God had made for the present and future of his divine order. That's what was happening. He said, the Lord God led me here, and I quote, in the right way to take my master's brother's daughter unto his son. And to that, Uncle Laban and Mother Bethuel said, The thing proceedeth from the mouth of the Lord, and we cannot speak anything against it. Meaning, it sounds like a God thing, so we agree that you should take her to be your master's son's wife. It is of the Lord, the story checked out. She is willing. We think this is right. And it will be just as the Lord has spoken to you. And in consideration of it all, the matter should have been closed, sealed, done. They had all agreed and the offer was accepted. The problem was not their disposition. Eleazar had approval from them. Gifts were given and dinner was served. Abraham's blessing was believed. And Rebecca had her bags packed, ready to go. The problem was that after dinner, some of the family members got together and decided to push the pause button. They said, why don't you just wait 10 days and then go stay here for a while? Why the rush? What will a week and a half do? Just stay here. Do all of that later. And therein lies the problem. It is the fault line of a million unrealized promises, gifts, possessions, victories. Right there is a division that separates individuals and entire congregations. Rebecca's whole life hinged on the moment before her. The pause was the line of separation. It was enough, long enough, to send Eliezer back home without a bride. It was wide enough to remove her from the promise. Without her knowledge, think now, without her knowledge, she has no idea, her inclusion into the Abrahamic covenant was hanging in the balance. She will make her way into Matthew chapter 1 into the path of King David and most of all into the lineage of the Messiah. From her will come all the tribes of Israel, a never-ending covenant and a heritage to King Jesus. We know that, but Rebecca had no idea what was at stake. All she knew is that her family said, why don't you wait a little bit? We'll push the pause button. We know it because we have an aerial view of a biblical scene, but Rebecca only had an invitation. The family says, hmm. Why don't you stay here for 10 days? Eliezer, however, was not waiting. It was now or it was never. Come or stay, but I'm leaving tonight. Saddle up or stay put. Either way, this caravan is heading back to Hebron. There will be no delay. And to that end, perhaps God will lead him to another bride. Who knows? We do know that the lineage will go on. Isaac will have a bride. And there will be a people. If Rebecca takes the pause, the covenant is not going to wait on her. It will move forward. She would not be the first or the last to thwart the invitation for inclusion into the family of God. God chose Rebecca, but he can use any willing soul. I hope you're paying attention. You have been called, but don't think it's all about you. He will have a bride. There will be a church. There will be a last day revival. The church has been through far more severe days than someone getting up and leaving because they were offended. I don't want to be offensive, but he can replace you. He will have a bride. He can replace this whole building. Amen. Your offerings and your service and your worship is commanded to the Lord. Your voice to sing and your voice of amen and your clapping hands is desired. But just so you know that if you want to remain silent, he can raise up stones to praise him. He would prefer that the blood-bought people of God would raise up and shout, but if you won't do it. He can take the rocks outside and give them a larynx and give them a sound. The pause has caused massive failures for both right endeavors and wrong endeavors. Even enemies could have prevailed, but they paused too long and it gave time for the right side to have the victory. Wars have been fought and wars have been lost because of a delay. The pause. Just historically speaking, if you look back at 1940, it's World War II. The British are at Dunkirk. And though there's a rescue, the British forces are now stranded. Winston Churchill is trying to put the country back together. It's a wreck. The United States has yet to enter the battle, but there's no time. One more hit from Hitler and Britain will crumble like a dried piece of toast. But Hitler is sightseeing in Paris and Hitler is retracting, in fact... History tells us that for some strange reason, Hitler pauses instead of moving forward. Had he moved forward in the Battle of Britain, it would have all been over. The war could have been over. He could have won to this day. Hitler paused. He pushed the pause button long enough for Winston Churchill to regather his troops. Churchill was able to withdraw his pilots from France. Hitler, with a victory in his grasp, he just paused. For no inexplicable reason, he paused. And no one knows why. And the men were rescued at Dunkirk. But it, it could have been over. But Hitler just said, no, let's wait a little while. It was a fatal mistake. It gave Churchill time to regather. The enemy could have won. They could have changed the course of all of history. We could have all suffered if, if the delay had not happened or the pause that had not happened. The Churchill, however, came back. And then later the United States joined the cause. And, and history now tells us. And the pause has crushed many people over and over. And our enemies, because it had never... No preference about anybody. Go look. Go look at your Bible. Look at the times of King David when his own son Absalom was on the brink of complete domination over him. And all of Israel. Here's the key verse in 2 Samuel 17. And Absalom and all the men of Israel said, The counsel of Hushai, the archite, is better than the council of Ahithophel. For the Lord had appointed to defeat the good counsel of Ahithophel to the, to, to the intent that the Lord might bring evil upon Absalom. I'll unpack that for you. Ahithophel knew David very well. He had once been with David. He knew the power and potential of David. He knew the authority of King David. Ahithophel was once his advisor so close. He knew exactly how David thought. And he knew how to defeat David. So he joined Absalom. And he decided I'm just going to go to to the rebellious side. I'm going to go to that dark horrible side. Ahithophel knew the strength of David. He knew what David was thinking. And it was Ahithophel who counseled the rebellion his son Absalom he said fight right now don't wait David's going to gather go after him if you want to win but Hushai came along and said oh no let's wait let's take time out let's give this a couple days and then we'll attack and when Ahithophel heard about the pause he went home and hung himself why because he knew the pause was long enough for David to get his guys together and win the battle. Ahitophel knew that the battle was in David's hands if they waited to attack. Now, ladies and gentlemen, don't get mired down in who we are for and who we are against. We all know that God was with David and history tells us of the great allied victory in World War II. The point here is in the pause, life challenges and promises and wars and opportunities, they are won and they are lost. History is changed. Our history is changed. Lives are rearranged and ministries are found or they're lost. Gifts are received or they're abandoned. All in the presence or absence of the pause. How many times did you feel the urge just to stand up and shout and to dance? Or go to someone and pray over them. But you paused and you questioned yourself. And you thought, well, maybe it's just me. I don't want anyone to think ill of me. That seems a little odd of the ordinary. And you lost your confidence. The more you waited, the the, the confidence just drained, and you lost your boldness. And you were going to go witness to somebody, but you, but then you started looking inward and thought, "Man, I, I don't know what. It, do, am I qualified? And what will they think about me?" And then, and in the in the middle of that pause, you just dissolved all your will, all your courage, just went away. It just started to chip away because in the pause, the devil gets in your mind and he says, "You're not good enough to say it," and and everybody will talk about you. And why would you? Do that in the pause. There's a lot of things lost. The seasons change and you lose your resolve and, and you wanted to leap forward but, but something happened. You just waited a little bit too long. Listen to the faithful Holy Ghost filled Jesus name baptizing Ananias in the book of Acts. He is the one who baptized Paul. We know him as Saul but we're going to know him better as Paul. Paul who was once called Saul on the road to Damascus. The Bible says the light shines from heaven and it was a physical light but it was always also a light of revelation and Ananias finds Paul, who has just seen the revelation of the mighty God in Christ, Paul looks up and says, Who art thou, Lord? Who are you, Jehovah? Who are you, Yahweh? And a voice comes from heaven and says, I am Jesus. I am Jesus. And now Paul realizes, Oh, Jesus is Jehovah. Jesus is Yahweh. Paul said this. He said, I could not see for the glory of that light. And there he stands before Ananias, who lays hands on Paul, and he receives his sight again. But the miracle was not enough. Ananias did not release Paul after the miracle of healing. Are you hearing me today? The miracle is not enough. Blinded eyes open are wonderful, but there is something greater than a healed body. And Ananias says, Come unto me and stood and said unto me, Brother Saul, receive thy sight in the same hour I looked. Upon him, he said, The God of our fathers had chosen you that you should know his will, and you should see the just one, and you should hear this voice, for thou shalt be a witness. And now, verse 16 Why tarriest thou? Why are you waiting? Get up and be baptized, and call upon the name of the Lord. Do not pause, get up and be baptized. And I preach today under the authority of the Holy Ghost. You've been waiting too long. It's time for you to get up. It's time for you to do something for the kingdom. You're dying in the pause. I know a man who told me. I had an offering in my hand, but I questioned whether or not I should give the offering. And the next couple of days, some bills came in. He said, two things happened. I barely paid the bills, but I didn't get the, I didn't give the offering. He felt, I felt sick. He said, and the Lord spoke to me and the Lord said, had you given it when I told you to give it, I'd have taken care of the rest, but you never gave God a chance. I'm going to preach to somebody. You got to get up. You got to do it. It's time. Now is the day. Today is the day. You don't need to wait any longer. Yes, you believe what I'm preaching. You know it's of the Lord. You feel it. But the enemy of your soul wants you to wait until next week or 10 days or to withdraw or wait a little time before you respond. He's ready and he's willing. Are you ready? You've been wanting that thing. You've been needing that. He has his hand out with it in his hand. You got to rise up and go get it. When in this week, the Lord prods you to speak to someone about his name, stop questioning your own goodness. If your goodness was the prerequisite for witnessing, no one would ever be saved. If your value, if the gospel was continued upon your value, the gospel would never be, be preached. You'll never be good enough to be a witness. You're never going to be good enough to be a representative. It's because of his goodness and his value and this book. This is what Peter and John said. You're asking us how we did this. As if we did it. Let me just tell you how the man got up. Not by us, but according to the name of Jesus Christ, he got up. All we did was reach out our hand and pull him. What did a prophet Elijah say to the people? The God who answers by fire, let him be the God. But before the fire fell and the sacrifice and the water was consumed, the Bible says the dust was licked up so intense the flame that the stones were charred and the animal sacrifice could have been nothing more than a paper ash floating away in the wind. What did the prophet ask? How long will you waver between two opinions? The pause is killing you. You're waiting for the fire to fall and he's waiting for you to get up. You're waiting for something great to happen before you respond. I'm just going to tell you, now is the time to respond. Do not wait for the fire to fall. The fire is going to fall. It's inevitable. But if you want it to fall here and in your life, then you got to get up and do something now. The pause is going to destroy us and sitting on the sidelines. But now is the day. Today is the day. This is the hour. This is the time. This is your moment. Now you've got to do it. I'll tell you what I feel I'm battling in the in the spirit world right now. I'm battling the accuser of the brethren. The accuser of the brethren walked in. He knew what I was going to preach. And he is accusing you the whole time I'm preaching. He is accusing you. He's pointing out all of your inconsistencies and your flaws. I rebuke that spirit in Jesus' name. But I cannot do it just for you. You've got to do it for yourself. I rebuke that accuser in Jesus' name. the accuser you have told the people that they are not good enough that it will not happen that they have prayed before and nothing has taken place they have sought them they have sought God and it is not I rebuke that spirit that is a lie of the devil he has accused you of what your past is and that is a contingent upon your present and your future that is a lie I plead the blood of Jesus over everybody let the blood cleanse us and destroy all the yoke bondage I pray it right now in the name of Jesus. Lose them and let them go. I pray right now, lose them and let them go. Let them be free in the spirit of their mind. It's time. Today is the time. Today is the time. How long are you going to Pause. Stop thinking about yourself and you start thinking about God. Stop thinking about everybody else and get your mind on the Lord. He's calling you now. Here, pastor. Pastor. Two weeks from now, there's going to be an explosion of Pentecost in this house. You just heard Brother Barbara speak of it. There's going to be, I'm prophesying, when you walk in and you bring somebody, there's going to be immediate release in someone's spirit. It might just be one, but it could be 100. It could be 100, but it could be 500. It could be half the people, but it could be all the people. There's going to be release in the Holy Ghost. But the Lord has told me to tell you, you don't have to wait for two weeks to come before you get your release in the Holy Ghost. You don't have to wait for somebody to walk in here before you get your release. I want to pull back the curtain on the accuser because the accuser has already told you, why don't you wait till then? Just give yourself 10 days. That's a lie. You're about to be brought into a lineage that will never die. Something's going to come out of you. It'll change the course of your family history. What happens from here on is going to rearrange your destiny. And the accuser says, hey, this is good. Watch this. The accuser knows that you believe the word. Paul looks at Agrippa, he has Festus that he has to deal with, but he looks at Agrippa, and he convinces Agrippa, "I know you believe me." And Agrippa, he's in the pause state, and he says, "Almost thou persuadest me, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christ follower." Almost, I just got a few things I gotta work out. I'd like to get back in church really wholeheartedly. But, you know, I got a couple things I need to go take care of first. That's a lie. That's a delay. That's a pause. That'll kill you. You'll never get back to this place. Do you how many? You know how many wars and battles and nations and families and churches have gotten to a crossroad and they just pause and said, let's just hold on a second. That's a lot of faith. I don't know if we can do that. I'm going to tell you what we decided to do. We decided to start a Christian academy and build a sanctuary at the same time. That don't make any sense. What are you talking about? I'll tell you what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a God who called those things which be not as though they were and my God can fulfill everything according to his riches in glory. Don't pause. Don't wait. Now is the day. Today is the day. I had to remember where the scripture was. And I remembered, uh, I just want to read it to you so that you know that I am in the book. Um, second Corinthians, I'm warring against the spirit world right now because I believe everyone who walked in here believes the word of God. I don't, I don't think, I don't feel any resistance to your belief, but there's a resistance in your spirit, in your flesh. Second Corinthians 6, we then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. For he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation I have secured thee. Behold, now. Now is the accepted time. Behold. Now is the day of salvation. Get ready. Everybody stand up. Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. I'm going to pray the prayer. And when I get done, at the conclusion of my prayer, I want you to lift up your hands like a funnel. Wait. And God's going to pour into you what you desire in earnest. But during the prayer, we're going to rebuke everything that would hinder your faith. This is called now. Everyone say now. now. So at the end of my prayer, you're going to shout out now. And you're going to receive your healing and your miracle and the divine order from God. Now. And At the end of my prayer, I want all the musicians just to do Something because we're going to make a loud noise and all the people are going to shout with a great shout and walls are going to come down and the now miracle is going to happen. Now Lord, I preach your word according to your will. I am the messenger that's been sent with gifts from you not my gifts you have bestowed it upon the bride to be you have given the bride to be all these gifts they possess them in their hand and they're willing lord but father there is an enemy it is natural and it is spiritual enemy waging war against them that would cause them not to receive the invitation Father, they are in conflict because they are questioning themselves. They're wondering if they should be baptized today or if they should wait till next week. They're wondering if they can be healed or if they should wait a little bit longer. They're wondering, Lord, if they are good enough to do the work of the ministry, Lord. And that is the accuser of the brethren. Father, I pray right now in the matchless name of Jesus Christ. Break that yoke. Break that pond. I pray let the Holy Ghost hover over us and envelop this whole body of believers. I pray for everyone who is watching via live stream that you would enter their home right now and break every dark thing and tear down every dark thing that rises itself against you and the body of Jesus Christ. And I pray pour out something here. Pour it out on the people pour it out on this congregation so that we would be bold enough to be witnesses of your goodness and we would be confident enough in your blood that you have covered us and restored us and redeemed us by your matchless blood and your name and your spirit that we are going in the authority of the word and in the power of the Holy Ghost I rebuke self-condemnation I take dominion over every condemnation it's not of God okay let's pause hear me ladies and gentlemen the devil just reminded you of your past sexual sins the Lord just told me he's reminding you of your past sexual sins If you have asked God for forgiveness, the devil is reaching under the blood and only you and the enemy can remember that. It is even concealed from the eyes of the Lord. He won't look past his own blood. That's how he can save you and redeem you. That is a lie of the devil that you can't get past what you used to be and what you did you are not only past it but you are a child of God you are enveloped with the power of the most high we're not ready yet we're not ready we're not ready we're going to take dominion over, over doubt. We're taking dominion over doubt. Wait, stop, stop. That doubt is, stop for a second. That doubt is rooted in pride. Your doubt is because you're prideful. Get rid of your pride and you'll do a great work for God. stop being prideful and god is going to give you power be humble before the lord just confess lord i know that you're the one it's not me you ask god to remove the pride and he'll fill that that place where pride is gone he'll fill it with the boldness of the holy ghost and you'll have power through humility that's greater than your authority or your concept of your pride your doubt is coming from your pride because you doubt well i don't know i'm pretty good but i'm not that good well you'll never be good that's the devil It was the Lord that's good. It's the Lord that's going to use you. It's the Lord that's going to give you the words to say. It's God that's going to fill your mouth. He's going to give you authority over the Spirit. So I rebuke that in Jesus' name, all the internal things. And right now, we're going to pray and God's going to fill us. Are you ready? Are you ready? in the name of Jesus I pray I I take dominion over all that stuff that's in our way we are not going to pause we are not going to be in delay in the name of Jesus right now lift up your hands to the Lord and shout right now shout now now in your voice cry out for God cry out for God come on cry out for God Yes, 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 yes. Yes, Jesus, yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. We're going to break the back of this thing that's hindering this house. Nothing is going to overcome us. We will be the overcomers. We are going to overcome every dark thing. We're going to be a powerful lighthouse in Jesus' name. I prophesy it. I prophesy you're going to be a powerful soul winner. You're going to reach for souls. Bible studies are coming to your house. You're going to go find the people in the highways and the byways. God's going to restore to you the joy of your salvation. He's going to restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten. He's going to give you authority in the spirit. You are going to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And you're going to shout out, the Lord is good. And we're ready. We're ready to take the city. We're ready to take the neighborhood. We're ready to prophesy in Jesus' name. Your sons and your daughters shall preach.